0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Genuinely Interested Podcast. My name is Roy Bensby and I'm your host. This week we have Joseph Hollier, who is a young entrepreneur, passionate skateboarder. He uh, essentially started a skateboarding company pretty young and then moved on to doing videography, design, very talented designer. And then his last venture and its current venture is the light phone and it's a it's a very interesting concept while almost every company or every product or service that is being sold to us is trying to take more of our time this one is trying to take less of our time so it's a very basic phone a very small phone but all it has is basic functions it can call I think it has an alarm clock and just, again, a few basic functions. No texting, no uh, WhatsApp, no Instagram, no Facebook. You get it. And what they're essentially saying is that we're so connected to our iPhones, and rightfully so, that we just don't have enough time to do anything else. And people have anxiety and people are just so overwhelmed with consistent... Nonstop emails, nonstop WhatsApp messages. It's just nonstop is the word, right? This thing is on us twenty four seven. It monitors our sleep, monitors our heart, our uh, you know, in connecting with with a smartwatch or whatever it is. It's just we've basically downloaded all of our autonomous thoughts onto this thing, and it's uh, it's in charge of us. And that does have benefits. That allows us potentially to, it frees up time for us to do more creative work, or at least that's what they say. But unfortunately, what it does is it's so good at knowing us. Like uh, Yuval Noah Harari said, it knows us better than we know ourselves. So it's very easy for the phone to just take up our time and make us want to go back to it for more. If it's social media, the ads that are just so targeted, and once you talk about something, the next day you have an ad for it, or Amazon, or Twitter, or just whatever it is, right, um, under the guise of connectivity, being connected to other people. But I honestly see the, I see it going in a little bit of a, of a different way. I do see us being more divided than we've ever been. I think the reason for that is these echo chambers that are on social media and you almost don't have a chance to connect to other people because these self-affirmations that are happening by your own groups are just keeping you isolated with your opinions and your ideas and you're just patting yourself on the back. Oh, I'm so smart. Instead of... Having an open di and you really can't have an open dialogue on social media when you have two hundred and eighty characters or however long it takes you to write something on 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 Instagram or facebook uh, it's just these platforms are the direct opposite of an open dialogue, so it's almost just gotcha journalism where I can destroy quote unquote. Or put up a link that debunks whatever you just said. And that goes on, and then all these bots jump in and they're like, no, you're this, no, you're that. It's just so divisive. And I think personally me after going on social media and especially Twitter for a while. You 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 almost physically feel ill. And Joe basically says, you know, just stop all that. Just disconnect, go on a hike, uh, leave your phone alone, sit and talk with friends, not with your phone. And I think that's so true. We are so connected to these things where, yes, the premise originally was this will do all the work for you so you can just sit and be creative. But unfortunately, what happens is once we're being creative, we're using the phone. Once we're going to the beach, we're using the phone. When we're with family and having the dinner, we're we're using the phone. On a date, we're using our phones. At a beautiful national park, we're using the phone because we're documenting and we're sharing on social media. So the promise versus the reality, there's a huge gap there. We're being sold a fake bill of goods, um, and we're just so used to it that we just, I I, I think we don't even care. So that's why I think products like the Light Phone Are a great idea. I'm not saying switch completely, and they're not saying that either. I think that they're being very realistic. They're saying, hey, this is an addition to, and you know, maybe take a weekend off, maybe use the light phone. And like he says, there's CEOs using this. This isn't for some hipster or I don't know, whoever you think would be the ideal demographic to buy this phone. I think there's a wide range of people that are just overwhelmed with their phone and their day-to-day usage of it. So I do think that products like this and others, and maybe just not even products, but just a disconnection from modernity once in a while, once a week, once a month, whatever it is, it's, it's good. And I'm just as guilty as anyone else. I go out snowboarding and I'm on my phone and I'll go on hikes and I'll take pics and I'm, I'm not really present a lot of times. And that's something I personally need to work on. So that's something I think we all need to work on. Yeah. It's a very interesting thought process um, as to what's going to happen as we gradually get more technological. I do see this. I don't know if it's a, it's a, cultural shift, but I do see some movements, even in the tech sector, that are going more digital minimalists. And I think this is something we can all relate to. I think we all want a little bit more privacy. We all want a little bit more free time. And I think we also want to not be so attached to our phones. I think if if you can't go a whole dinner without checking your phone, or if you can't even watch a movie on Netflix an hour and a half or and not check your phone, or watch a show one episode for an hour and not check your phone. If you can't do these basic things that we used to be able to do without checking your phone, I think there's a problem there. And I think that's the overwhelming majority of people. So I think we need to and, and this might be a great time during COVID is to just do a little bit more introspective work, go within, see if there is some uh, inner work that needs to be done. I do think that going out into nature, if it's hiking, whatever it is that you like to do, snowboarding, going on a bike, just be out there. And I think that will have a huge benefit. I think people need to be outdoors much more, but it's just my opinion. So for the podcast, guys, like I say every week, please uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. And if you have any uh, questions or comments, the information is in the show notes. Feel free to reach out. I'm going to put Joe's uh, info as well, so you can reach out uh, to him, you can look up the light phone, and yeah, if that's something you're interested in, look it up. So without further ado, here is this week's guest, Joseph Hollier. The Genuinely Interested Postback How you doing, man? Hey, hey! Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy guy, so thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. So, uh, where where are you right now? I am
1: actually in my uh, apartment bedroom in Brooklyn, New York, uh, over in Bushwick. The new office right yeah the, the office of 2020 it seems yeah um, it's, it's definitely been an interesting change of pace and
0: change of location lots of changes i guess yeah right yeah we were actually talking um before we started recording about how there's almost no differentiation right now it's just work and life has combined into this one long day and there's no separation like like we had before Exactly. I mean, it reminds me of when
1: I was a freelance artist, actually, like before the light phone. Uh, And it was much easier, you know, clients emailing you all night and you're kind of just, you know, at their mercy of like, yes, I need the work, whatever. Uh, And then I remember with the light phone, it was really nice to be like, I have this phone now, I'm going light, I'm offline. Uh, and now it's kind of come full circle and I'm just like at home again, working all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely want to talk about the light phone. That's like the, the gist of the episode, but you know, I want to talk a little bit about you first. Um, so maybe give us a little bit of background, you know, uh, where you grew up, uh, where your background is, um, how you, how you got to, to the, uh, to the light phone, just like stop at iPhone, but give us kind of the backdrop
1: yeah I'll try my best so I grew up in uh Cranford New Jersey which is just the suburb uh, on the other side of uh, Manhattan um it's mostly a commuter town and so I found myself coming into the city in high school to skateboard and you know do all the little things that you know maybe aren't as accessible in the suburbs so I've kind of just always gravitated towards the city uh and then you know uh Throughout high school, really big skateboarding influence. I found myself making a lot of videos, uh, printing ourselves T-shirts, and we kind of made this whole little skate company, me and a couple of buddies. Uh, and so I was kind of just organically doing all of these art things without really knowing that, you know, there was such a thing as graphic design or that this could become some sort of, you know, career. It was never that. I was just like, whoa, how'd those guys do that? I want to do that. Uh, it was a lot of that, um, you know, from music to you know the art and and the, the printmaking uh and then you know when end of high school came it really felt like a natural transition to kind of go to the school of visual arts and study design uh properly and then you know coming to the city you know you're you get exposed to so much you know across the board the museums the the mentors you meet the other friends from around you know the country the world really um so you know studied graphic design and i think you know in, in how uh, open-ended my school made the program, I was able to dabble with film and dabble with video and animation a little bit um, and you know, kind of try all these different things. And so w- when I graduated SVA uh, in 2012, you know, I kind of was like, I want to make music videos. I still kind of had this skateboard company. I want to be a fine artist. I kind of jumped around and, and did a lot of things. And actually, I think my first real gig out of college was going on tour with this rapper yellow wolf, uh, and kind of, you know, documenting a tour. So it was like, you know, almost completely unrelated in some ways to what I had been studying. And I think what my peers expected I might (laughs) fall into. Uh, and then you were like a videographer. Yeah. Like graphic design video, the tour stuff was a lot of video. I'd done some designs for them. Um, you know, pattern making textile stuff. I kind of was just, really love to dabble with things. And I like the freelance idea of, you know, not being tied into something, you know, I think the idea of getting a job Monday, nine to five really kind of freaked me out. So, you know, I was like, I'll just work out of my bedroom, keep my costs as low as, you know, humanly possible and try to make as much cool things as I can. And, I was lucky to work, you know, with Yellow Wolf. A couple of my friends are like pro skateboarders, so we made a couple commercials for like Nike and things like that. And really, just had a lot of fun. But I think, um, you know, after like four years of making all of these collages and paintings and animations in my room, uh, I, I was feeling kind of almost stuck. Like I wanted to change the world. I was, you know, so inspired by all of these movements and things happening but i just felt like my art was just speaking to the same audience you know i was kind of always curious how i could cross the chasm like how could i make something that really spoke to like my mom's generation you know they're from texas and louisiana my family uh you know just a kind of different old school lifestyle and i i wanted them to you know get what i was doing i wanted to make things that could bring my ideas to beyond the art world. Uh, cause it felt like a little bit of a bubble, you know, I, I was so happy to finally be selling artwork, um, and almost able to sustain myself. But in, in other ways, I was like, some guy bought my painting, it goes in their lawyer's office and you know, what now? Um, uh, and, and that's actually when this kind of Google experiment came about.
0: Uh, and that's, I guess the, the catalyst of, of the light phone. Yeah. So you got into the the, the Google, um, is it an accelerator? It was technically, I guess, an incubator, but that word meant
1: nothing to me at the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I think in my mind, I saw it just as a kind of like master's degree. I was definitely looking at like master degree programs and wanted to like take the leap, but I just couldn't quite commit financially to like go back to college considering I still had so much, you know, in my name. And so, you know, this opportunity was subsidized heavily. It was essentially free. Um, and I think I was just curious. It was it was so open-ended, you know, that the pitch was just what kind of companies might designers create if they were given guidance and resources. And you're like, oh, you know, and uh, it was very much an experiment. Um, I, you know, Google owned it, but they weren't really public with it. Uh, I think it was kind of a, you know, a quiet experiment. And um the way I got involved with it was I think they reached out to all the design schools in New York city in you know, their hunt for different participants. And, uh, it was for designers, but, you know, that word can spread across a lot of different things. You know, I think a lot of the people there were like from the ad world, there was some people with some engineering, uh, chops. And then, you know, my partner, Kaiway, uh, my eventual partner for the Life phone, he was in the program as well. Um, but you know, he already had, He had just gotten his second master's degree, uh, came from a background of product design. So it was, you know, almost a completely different design than what I had been familiar with as a kind of more traditional graphic making posters and typesetting books.
0: That's kind of (laughs) like my forte. So you met him there and then you guys, I guess, you know, at some point formulated the the light phone idea? Yeah, I guess,
1: you know, the the premise of the program was um, to create these, uh, you know, ideas for startups. And so we'd be pitching and throwing new ideas out every single week or multiple times a week. Uh, And on top of that, they brought in a lot of guests, so you know every single week they'd be, you know, a founder of this company or an investor at this firm or maybe just a general tech thought leader, you know, someone like John Maeda that's like really respected in the space. Uh, and we would kind of learn the hows and whys, you know, and you'd meet these founders and they'd tell you their story about how they started with this one idea, but then upon you know getting this influx of money. From venture capital, you know, their business model sort of shifted into this, like, you know, this beast. And really what it broke down to was make something sticky. Can you make any product and by product, they mostly just mean software apps or websites that's sticky. If someone's using it for hours a day then you can make it free, you can scale it, you can collect loads of data and sell tons of ads. And, you know, just kind of infinitely scale this model Um, And I think where they really saw designers was only in dressing it up as how is this making the world a better place? How can we convince someone that they're connecting in some new way, you know, that it's worth, you know, spending three more hours on the phone? And I think uh, it was in that realization that Kai and I kind of said, you know, could being any more connected, like if there was one more app on my phone that I use for two more hours a day would I be any happier or actually do I just want to throw this thing in the closet and go on a road trip you know like <laughs> is that really what I want to do you know and I, th- I think I was feeling that overwhelmedness with my phone and like I started to think of all the times that either you know going to the beach as a freelancer and you know I bring my iPhone because it's got my playlist and we are listening to music in the car and then girlfriend goes to pee I checked my email and now I'm in a terrible mood because some stupid client wants some stupid change. And it's not like I can even do anything about it now because I'm on my phone at the beach. But, you know, I said, why did I bring my email? And it's like, oh, because it's a phone. And what if I brought it? Uh, and, you know, I, I had those realizations to like, I don't know, going out skateboarding. I never really brought my phone because I don't want to break it. And it was like, why is that Saturday the best day of my life? And it's like, well, partially because I disconnected and or i mean another example was like you know going out and having your phone die and being like i don't know what time it is yeah. i feel so free and so I, I i thought of these and i said well man is there a way to encourage people to intentionally turn their phone off intentionally let their phone die you know like metaphorically speaking and i and i think uh the analogy i liked was like AOL instead instant messenger like is there an away message for my smartphone
0: do you ever see the the movie the usual suspect with it um, I'm James. the worst though <laughs> a great movie but it, at the end I, 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 w- I won't give anything away if you do want to watch it but at the end he has this line and he says something to to the likes of the 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 greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to make us believe he did he didn't exist and if you watch the movie you'll understand why and I think there's a there's a um, a similar idea with tech companies there's this a trick that they're trying to pull over us this connectivity. It's always stay connected. And there's about a gazillion apps on our phone, and, and they're e- all of them designed for a particular day or a particular time in the day or a particular activity that we do. And essentially, you're using it from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, and even during the sleep, now there's like there's apps that check your sleep. <laughs> so it's literally 24-7. You go to the bathroom, you go for everything you do is connected to this phone, right? And we're just digitally almost living via this phone. And it's always under the guise of connectivity or improving our lives, but there's a huge downside as well. And I see, it, and we can get into it a little bit later, but I see. One of them is is we are given up our a lot of our agency to to phones and algorithms that are actually we almost don't have any. We're not autonomous in a way. Like we're we're so reliant on these phones to give us all the data, tell us when we're supposed to eat, when we're supposed to run, when we're supposed to do all these things, when's our schedule, remember all these different things for us. And you know, I hear the argument. We're like, oh, we're not supposed to remember you know a hundred different phone numbers. And granted, yeah, that's true, but There are things that we still should be doing, and we're just giving up those things up for for the phone. Totally. I think that
1: quote really kind of nails something I've always felt about the iPhone or the smartphone in general was that it kind of happened unconsciously, you know, like it was only... I mean, when we started this, it was less than 10 years into the smartphone. It was around 2014 that this program started. So, you know, it was like, it almost seemed like overnight, like I couldn't even remember what life was like before the smartphone, you know. Uh, And I also felt like they kind of sold it, like you're saying, you know, like, who wouldn't want to FaceTime their grandma? Some, you know, kind of cutesy commercial family bonding. The kid makes little montage video of all the family on Christmas. And you're like, whoa, that's beautiful. So cute. But it's like, they didn't make the video like some guy waking up on Saturday, single, checking Instagram for three hours before brushing his teeth. Like, you know, the reality of how I experienced my smartphone, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, they sold us on all the good stuff, but they didn't mention like, you're going to spend 45 minutes every time you go to the bathroom if you're not (laughs) paying (laughs) enough attention or you know people tell us all these stories and they're almost so universal that it's like crazy the amount of people that have told me you know about a bathroom instance or this other time with their phone and and uh yeah and 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 i say you know once we had this idea the kind of first step uh was to test it so we just you know wanted to use flip phones and immediately start testing like would people even enjoy taking a break uh and i think something that was completely universal across the board we probably did this test with like maybe two dozen people was that there's an insane initial anxiety. And I think it's exactly what you're saying. We've become so accustomed to this hyper-connectivity that like, even me, someone that like felt like, oh, I love when my phone dies. Well, if you intentionally leave Saturday morning without a smartphone, you tap your pocket like 4,000 times by lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You're Yeah>. like, <laughs> And eventually you just get the hang of like, oh, wow. I, you know, you kind of cross this wall of FOMO and you stop thinking about it. And that's actually when the experience is great. But to some people that, that hurdle was almost too
0: high, you know, it gave them t- too much anxiety. We're completely OCD at this point. We can, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I make a, a, an effort to not check my phone when I'm watching, uh, let's say a movie on Netflix, but you know, I, I see my wife and I see friends and and when we're sitting, they can't even go through a movie without checking their phone three four ten times whatever it is every 10 15 minutes so even when you're in in watching a movie which is supposed to be a very relaxing uh, thing you tend to you tend to relax from the movie by getting on your phone it's just such a dopamine hit every time you hit it um so maybe explain to people a little bit about you know what lightphone is what what you guys are doing over there yeah, so
1: I guess um, you know what we created with the the initial Light Phone, um, the original one back in two thousand fourteen was we called it your phone away from phone. And It was basically a credit card sized cell phone that was designed to be used as little as possible. It literally only made phone calls. The first Light Phone, and the idea was that it was just like a kind of you know vacation phone that you would use sparingly throughout your life. You know whether it's like you know, Saturday night going out, taking my girl out for dinner. We're going to bring a light phone. You know, if someone needs to call me, mom, roommate, best friend, they have my phone number. If it's just a text or Instagram notification, like I'll deal with it when I get home. And it was a way to kind of intentionally unplug without completely going Luddite. You know, it wasn't saying like, go live off the grid and never use social media again. It's just like, hey, you know, maybe try taking a break for for a couple of hours here and there. And, you know, some people used it in that kind of relaxing way. Uh, some people used it more as like a productivity tool. Like, you know, I can't freaking focus or I'm in in college. I got to write this thesis paper and if I have my phone there and I'm going to check it every 10 minutes, I'm never going to get this thing done. You know, so it was, you know, it kind of fit a different role for different people. Uh, and then I think, you know, when we actually started to share it with more and more people, um, Kids actually became a huge market for it too, um, which is really interesting and something we didn't, you know, we didn't plan to make a kid's phone, but I, I started to think, oh, wow, I can only imagine being a mom and looking at, you know, you want to get your phone to want to get a kid a phone because what if you know an emergency you want to be able to get in touch with them but like god forbid snapchat or whatever the kids use these days um (laughs) like uh so i can understand that kind of that that dilemma um and so you know we really uh just kind of set out to create like you know how we have different shoes for different occasions we said like why does why do I bring my entire, you know, essentially mini computer with me everywhere? You know, if I'm going to the beach, do I want to bring my email or is that actually a potential like buzzkill? Uh, so it was definitely like a, you know, artful almost experiment of a, of a project, but I think, you know, it it did strike a chord with people because when we launched it, we, we did it as a Kickstarter. Um, and I think we saw I guess even before we launched the Kickstarter, but especially what we did, it got a super polarizing reaction. And I think that was so interesting to me as a kind of artist was that even before the product was made and people were using it, just by saying, here's a phone that costs $100 that does nothing on purpose. Like, it just kind of, you know, some people were like, oh my God, I love it, I need it. And other people were like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But, you know, it got their wheels turning. And yeah. they said, why would someone ever create such a thing? And, you know, you have to kind of realize the value of, you know, all of the activities off your phone. That's what the light phone represents. It's not actually about... Oh, does it have Bluetooth 5.1 or does it have this spec or that spec? It's like it doesn't care. It's really about like, do you like playing piano? Do you want to go hiking more? Do you want to have better dates with your girlfriend? You know, was, you know, do you want to go to a concert and not videotape the entire thing and yeah,
0: actually yeah. experience it? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 essentially a res- it's a technology that respects your time rather than tries to vie for it and suck up every single moment of your time so it's essentially which is it's ironic right because you're developing a product to be used as little as possible which is the direct opposite of every other product that that you know a company puts forth yeah i mean especially these days but you know if you look at
1: like a hammer Or, like, you know, something like that. It's like the hammer's not sitting there going, like, hey, when's the last time you used me? It's been like a year, man. But, like, (laughs) God forbid, I need a hammer. It's there. So I think that was kind of our role was like, you know, if every company's business model, I think that's really where the crux of the issue comes in is like, if Facebook's business model wasn't ad based, if it wasn't this like need for us to spend more and more time for them to make more money, if, you know, there was, you know, maybe a monthly fee for it, then maybe they wouldn't care about how many hours you spend on Facebook because they're making their money. Uh, but because all of these platforms want to be free, you know, I say that with like quotes because it's not free. You're you're paying for it with something, which just happens to be your eyes and your data, and you know, <laughs> in the long term, your long being. Uh, so I think you know that was kind of what we were combating. We we're saying like, hey, if we make this phone and we charge a hundred dollars. We can have our modest little business, and we don't need you to use it all day. You know, in fact, a lot of our users—something we learned from those tests—was like they were like, "Oh, it was the best weekend. You know, I was so relaxed. I got this done. I did that." And we look at the phone, zero phone calls. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it wasn't about the phone calls. It wasn't like, "Oh, now that you don't have texting, start calling everyone." It was just kind of this peace of mind. It was like the bare minimum. Um, so that was—it was super interesting to see.
0: You know. Yeah. I I, I have, so, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, so you mentioned earlier kids, which, which I'm, I'm very surprised because I, I would, I mean, okay. So who would be the, or or do you guys know who are the main demographic buying the phone? Yeah. I mean, this one's always been tricky
1: and I find this actually quite inspiring, but it's crossed so many of the kind of normal Lines that you might be able to draw around a product and who it's reaching. I mean, we initially saw, or I think I initially imagined it would be people like me, maybe New York City, Los Angeles, Austin, or Miami, some of these like more city oriented, urban, 25 to 40, maybe like creative types that probably work heavily on computers, specifically email, and would understand like the value of wanting to unplug. And would probably see it as a creative opportunity. Uh, But I think, you know, right from the get go, it went from like, you know, outdoor enthusiasts that really wanted to use it as like, oh, man, I hate bringing my smartphone when I'm hiking. It's so heavy, you know, to uh, like Bible Belt families that wanted it as like a Sunday phone, like, you know, on Sunday, family first. We put everything else behind to like, you know, an Asian CEO in Taiwan that's like, email is ruining my life. My kids won't look at me at dinner. I need this phone. Uh, So I think we were we were really inspired by how wide the gamut was. It was kind of hard for us to pinpoint any particular like, you know, age, gender activities. It was was hard for us to, to, to pinpoint it
0: maybe Hasids. Hasid could be a good market too.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, we saw, we have a Hasid investor, Hasidic investor, and we've gotten interest from Mennonites and Amish communities because, you know, they really have always been skeptical and critical of, of the technological advances and the side effects of that. Um, so, you know, it's like, I would have never guessed that when I, you know, first selfishly was like, I just want to encourage people to paint for 10 hours a day.
0: Like I used to yeah. do. A- <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned you guys had a, an, um, an Indiegogo campaign. Mm-hmm. How, much, how much did you raise there? On our, our first one, we raised just over 400,000
1: um, for the original Light Phone. Um, and, you know, that was in May of 2015. Uh, and that really was... The, the start of everything, you know, once we got that, it was like, a, you know, now the clock's on to try to, to build this phone. And it was about 18 months later that we were actually able to deliver those phones. Um,
0: and I think that was about 20,000 phones. We, we made of that original one. Was it substantially harder to find, you know, a factory to partner with for the manufacturing than what you originally thought? Oh, I mean, completely. And I will
1: say, you know, my partner Kai, this is really his expertise he comes from a kind of, of a phone background but you know he worked with companies like motorola nokia where there was hundreds of people and millions and millions of dollars uh of capital and resources so you know us raising 400,000 was almost laughable because we definitely needed an extra zero even pull off the phone uh, and when we first talked to factories um, you know, there was factories that were eager, but not capable, you know, we could just tell they weren't going to be able to, to do it to our standards. Uh, and then there's factories that were capable, but unwilling to take the risk of such a different product and small company. And, you know, you kind of the two sides, like, you know, if, if they spend a year with us trying to get up ramp up to production. And then we, we, we flop as a company, they never really made it. It wasn't worth their time. Uh, but somehow we, uh, connected with some VPs at Foxconn, who's the biggest manufacturer, ironically, the also the manufacturer of the iPhone. Um, (laughs) and they sort of immediately and personally resonated with it in this way that they helped, uh, see it through. And they actually became one of our first and biggest investors, um, because oh, really? that four hundred thousand was not sufficient, so we 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 took on a bunch of private investors, mostly mission aligned angels, but uh, Foxconn, which is just funny, I think, because of the iPhone. Um, but that gave us a lot of credibility because they're top tier
0: um, manufacturer. No, well, you know, investors or companies where they see potential, they'll invest. I, I don't think they have some sort of Ideological attachment to to anything. If you look at just as an example, Tyson, who's the biggest uh, meat producer in the country, they invested uh, I don't know how much, but millions of dollars into Beyond Meat, which is a plant based mm-hmm. burger. So you know they're just and 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 a lot of these other companies as well. They're investing in in plant based meats, and it's just now they call themselves not a meat company but a protein company. So I think. And I think companies are just going to invest where they see potential, you know?
1: Yeah, and I I think for Foxconn specifically, I think they saw it as uh, opening up a market of second phones, you know, whether it was just the light phone or, you know, maybe, you know, what we were kind of saying is like, why is there one phone for everyone? You know, in a day when there was a billion smartphone users and they all look the same, like, you know, there's just too many different types of people and needs, like... You know whether it's a phone for senior citizens or people who want a really rugged bulletproof phone or who emphasize photography or you know whatever it kind of was, we were just like there should be more types of phones uh and you know we were doing the kind of opposite type
0: of phone, but you know we just wanted to see more options on the landscape um, you need to, you need to do one of those ads every time I'll get these silly ads on 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 Instagram, and I'll see them on on um on, on the internet as well, sometimes where they they sell you a product doesn't even matter what the product is, but they'll just <laughs> make that product go through all these unnecessary things, like a jeep uh, you know, <laughs> riding over it or throwing it over a mountain <laughs> or smashing it up against rock. I'm like, I don't need my glasses to be that hard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so so make, funny. Like, nothing can break this thing through water, through fire. I'm like, I, I don't even do those things. It's unnecessary, but I don't know. It's funny. Um, the, the macho flex they're like yeah yeah the alpha flex <laughs> yeah like i don't need like a lighter to be that strong uh wherever you know but they just like to go over the top um have you seen because this is something i've know i've noticed recently more and more companies reverting back uh in a way what i mean by that is more companies are either doing a simpler version or or talking about disconnecting or being a digital minimalist and even silicon valley guys you, you'll be you know they're going on two week uh, detox and there just seems to be a trend going in that direction where people want less of less of digital less of what the iPhones less of the internet and even companies within tech space like like yourself they're just creating things that are more minimalistic, more um detached from from digital have, have you noticed that as well
1: definitely and i think you know light phone is one potential way to detox but there's you know so many other things from you know smartphone apps uh you know i think one that was really notable was like when apple released the screen time feature on their own phone which not only tracked but also allowed some different limitations to be set uh you know that was almost like a huge validation that the light phone was even, you know, not just a niche thing, but like it was a genuine problem that Tim cook was even struggling with his own phone addiction, Apple CEO. Uh, but you know, there's definitely a variety of detox programs or, you know, hotel getaways. Um, and I think it, it does seem inevitable because it's like, I'm at least thinking about myself as a user, like, You know, if it's just more and more and more and more and more and more, you're going to reach a point where you're just like exhausted, completely exhausted and just craving the opposite. Um, I think what we try to be conscious of at Light Phone or like what we aim to be is like a more sustainable balance. Obviously, it sounds great to go to Hawaii for two weeks, but I can't afford that. I can't take two weeks off and I don't have that kind of money. But if I can get this phone or, you know, maybe it's not even about the Light Phone. Maybe if I just slim down my smartphone a little bit, take off the social media, make the screen black and white. You know, there's, there's other ways to Go lighter than than just the heavy smartphone. I think um, you might be able to find a more tangible, sustainable balance. You know, every Saturday you de- you you know j- jump off versus just like one week a year or something. Um, and people almost relate the light phone. A lot of our users to like a therapist or something. Like you know they're like, well uh, you know I'd spend so much money on a therapist. Your phone was only a hundred bucks or the new ones now three hundred fifty bucks. Uh, which, you know, does seem like quite a lot for a phone that does so little, but that's also, you know, supporting our scale, uh, you know, small independent company that doesn't have these backdoor revenue streams.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, you you did mention earlier that, you know, when we go and we don't have our phones, we, we tend to check, you know, our pockets every two seconds. And I was wondering if you got any user feedback about, going on a hike or going on a weekend doesn't matter where and not taking the phone and just taking the life because essentially we don't no one calls and like i don't get calls anymore right it's either emails or text or dms on the on the various social media accounts uh which I, i don't have many um so calling like really people only call when it's just like you know, my mom calls from back home or, you know, have to have a a call that's happening, but it doesn't happen as much. I was just wondering if if people, if you got any user feedback as to that feeling of being a whole weekend away from the phone, it's almost like detox, right? It's almost like quitting alcohol or cigarettes. And that's really how we saw it. So I think that
1: was our initial reasoning for not including text messages Was that it? Was like you know, let's make it as absolutely light as possible. Uh, But I think the feedback we saw was when people were who were using it regularly, you know, every single weekend or multiple times a week. um, They loved the experience of being light so much that they actually like dreaded going back to the smartphone. And they were like, "If only this phone could text, I wouldn't need a smartphone." Um, And so it was kind of in digesting some of that feedback uh you know even like uh, i remember this one instance a couple they they both had original light phones they went on a date they're in manhattan they were like wow this is the best date ever the wife was explaining how like the husband was looking at her the whole time and not being distracted by his email and they said they felt like you know young again and it was it was really (laughs) sweet but then at the end of their date they went outside to try to find a yellow car because they've been so used to Lyft and Ubers. They got in an argument about which block to try to find a car and it took ten minutes and it kind of like yeah. took away a lot of that the beauty of the night. And, you know, I had to really think like, wow, if they were able to call an Uber home, would that have made their night less light? Would that have been it? Or was that just like a nice convenient of modern technology? Um, so that kind of was Uh, what got our head thinking about the light phone too which is uh, much more capable than the original light phone you know most notably that it has a screen an e-ink screen and can text Uh, but we're working on a variety of these other tools Uh, you know right now we have calculator and alarm those kind of basic things we're releasing like a podcast tool but i think like the directions and the Uber or Lyft option, like you know, those things we see as utility. You know, you're not going to just check Lyft because you're bored uh, at the airport. You know, um, it's it's different than like a social media or a news feed. Um, so so that direct feedback from users kind of inspired
0: the Light phone too. So do you have like? Because obviously you're adding new features. Do you have like a hard stop or or a hard? No, on certain things like what won't you add on yeah i love that question i think uh
1: you know philosophically we do have our hard stops but even like before that i think you know the device itself we made it super tiny and it has this little black and white screen that can't play videos it's an e-ink screen can only show photos in black and white if it were to even show photos uh So, you know, inherently the phone would never be good for consuming a vast amount of content. But I think where we draw our hard kind of philosophical line is social media, uh, any ad-based feed, things like the news, and then things like email. Email is kind of funny because, you know, it does have this very utilitarian purpose to it. You know, it's like email, it's how people work. But I think it's just become so... uh, toxic to have on us sometimes 24 seven. And that also the device would just be a terrible experience for email because it's so small. So I think, you know, email, social media, news, and I'll kind of just throw advertising as a blanket in that, like that was the hard nose. Um, yeah. but you know, if someday someone wants like a metronome or a guitar tuner, like, Maybe those are cool things to have as options. And the whole phone interface is built around a customizable, we call it a toolbox. It's almost like, you know, the different apps you might have on a smartphone. And so, you know, like for me, I don't really need a calculator and an alarm, but like to other people, those are super essential. So you can kind of remix your phone's
0: menu to reflect what you do and don't need. It's a difficult thing with the phone. I mean, on on the one hand, it's... I think everyone agrees that they spend too much time on their phone, Uh, you know, unilaterally, everyone will say the same thing, but they'll also say in in the same breath that they can't live without it. Right. And they need it for this day and age for again, connectivity, work, but are there, I mean, are there any stats out there for smartphone addictions? I mean, I haven't seen, I mean, I'm asking.
1: I've seen a bunch of things that have been pretty scary. I think the average hours a day spent on school, the smartphone screen was kind of like a big kicker. And I think that was also kind of like a wake up call for people when screen time came out when you're like, wait, five and a half hours a day times seven days a week, times 52 weeks a year. It's like, that's a whole life I'm missing out on Mm -hmm. that I'm just giving away to screens. And like, does it actually make us happy? I think that's You know, people have tried to do different qualitative studies on that. But like, you know, when you leave Instagram, I didn't necessarily feel great. I find it kind of felt zombied. Like what just happened? I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit mad. I'm a little bit sad. That one photo of my friend's baby was kind of cute. You're like, it's it's kind of like, it was like, it wasn't like, oh my God, that was the best 30 minutes ever. Uh, So, you know, there's definitely a ton of stats out there on the smartphone addiction. Um, but I think people just kind of reach this point of feeling over it and want to give the light phone a shot. Um, and I can completely relate to that. But there's also, I will say, you know, especially with the first iPhone, a lot of like aspirational people, you know, like people buy a gym membership because they want to get in shape, but it's not easy to get in shape. Yeah. People buy a book on Amazon or wherever to read. But they don't actually ever open the book. Uh, you know, some people bought the light phone wanting to use it and, you know, didn't ever use it, didn't ever uh cross that thing. And I think that's something we always try to embrace is that like, you know, all of Silicon Valley is like magic pill will be the easy solution to all your problems with the light phones, like, no, no, we're gonna make your life a lot harder, but you're gonna enjoy it more. Potentially, and have a lot more meaningful, valuable, personal <laughs> interactions, perhaps. Um, I mean, that's our hypothesis, I guess.
0: Yeah, ah, that's so much harder to, to sell, right? To, <laughs> to, 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 to the public, like we're so we're fed convenience on a daily basis. Like everything, every product that comes out is essentially selling convenience. And all of a sudden, not only your company, but there's other companies as well. For various tasks, you know that that we do during the day, they're always They're telling us that we're not going to sell you convenience. We're actually going to make it not harder but different, and and but you're going to gain something down the road. And I, I think people are. I, I don't know. It's probably it's obviously split. Like obviously, people are buying it and people love it. Um, but it's just. I think it's going to be hard to convince a, a good sector of of the population. I think we're just you know, look at, look at anxiety, sleepless nights, arthritis, back problems, eye problems. I mean, the list of ailments go on and on. Even myself, like, you know, I I have like wrist issues sometimes just from the way you hold the phone, right. It's almost unnatural to have your fingers in this way all day long and your thumbs just working. But through all that, we still, you know, we still essentially are hurting ourselves just to get that little rush of dopamine from the social media accounts and from our emails and whatnot. So I just think there's almost like a re-education that needs to happen with society. And, and again, like if, if I can just go on a, on a little binge for a second, there's, you know, if we go back to connectivity, there's this lie of connectivity all the time, but I, I think it's actually doing the opposite, especially on social media and especially on Twitter. And and I don't have Facebook, but maybe on Facebook as well. It's I think it's actually dividing um, more than connecting us. Um, with all these algorithms and echo chambers out there, I think we're actually just listening to our own voices over and over and getting uh, affirmations and assurance that we're right and the other group is wrong. And it's just tearing, I think, the fabric of society apart rather than actually connecting it Um, society. So in in that instance, I, 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 you know, I do see the pluses of social media, obviously there, but I also see the the downfall and the way that these companies are doing this uh, based on these algorithms and echo chambers. I actually think it's doing the opposite of what it initially set out to do or what it's promised the public.
1: Oh, I, I completely agree with a lot of that. I think, you know, especially when it comes to connection, it's, you know, we're sacrificing what would have been real life connections or over the phone connections with, you know, a double tap. And you see that someone liked your photo and like, you know, that's apparently some connection, but really, you know, it's so shallow that it doesn't, you know, the dopamine hits and it's in and out. It's like, you know, it doesn't actually satisfy us in any meaningful way almost like you know fast food compared to like you know a real hearty meal or something it's just kind of like in and, in and out and I think you know to the, the point of like getting to the other side and re-educating people I think the great thing that happens is that when people do try the light phone and get lost in the things that they love the most and you know that's kind of where we stop you know what do you do when you're light is kind of completely up to you we don't want to spoon feed you should be an artist you should learn a new language but i think we all have these bucket lists of things we wish we were doing i mean speaking of my personal experience when i started going full light phone uh, about a year and a half ago um i was getting really serious about learning the piano i've been talking about it for like i don't know 10 years wanting to do this uh and then you know Having all this extra time, that maybe I'd be on Instagram for a half hour here and Instagram for a half hour there. I found myself filling with piano, and not only was I like so excited every day to like come home and play some more. Like you know, it wasn't like I. You start to not even miss Instagram. You like you're, like who cares? Like you know, this other thing is so much more exciting in my life. And I think you know whatever that thing is for people, and it could just be you know the people in your life. You know, like or the animals in your life, your pets, you know, like God, the amount of times I've sat scrolling Instagram, sitting next to my pet. And you're just like, we could have like, I should have been savoring this moment and now yeah. I'm just wasting it away or, you know, things like that. So I think the good side is when people do go light and, you know, are able to overcome that initial withdrawal and anxiety, I think, uh, the experience speaks for itself and kind of educates people in its own unconscious way. Uh, at least I want to hope so, but how, how you convince someone to go there? Like, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of my job to think about every day, but it's, I think it's, it really takes a lot of willpower. I don't think it's something you can just kind of like sell people. I think maybe the most, it's an important thing we can do is share stories of other people who have tried it uh and i think some of the things like how people fit into their lives you know for me it's my only phone the light phone too but for some people it's like they still have their smartphone in the backpack maybe or in their car uh the light phone has tethering so you can you know have a laptop with you to offset some of those things or you know some people use it only on nights or weekends. So, um, you know, sharing some of those stories of people who are like, you know, not complete weirdos or Luddites, you know, a successful CEO, you're like, how could he, you know, use a light phone only? Like, you know, he's a CEO, doesn't he have to, but you know, you realize, uh, you know, some types of work, deep work require deeper levels of concentration that the smartphone just deteriorates. Um, and you know, you can, talk to your colleagues, your family, and, you know, set different expectations. You know, this is how I want to be reached. And I think we kind of feel helpless sometimes to those. Like, oh, so-and-so is going to think I didn't answer their text. And it's like, well, you know, maybe let them know that you're going to be gone this weekend and not to freak out when you don't text back in three minutes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to prioritize your time. Your time is essentially the only commodity you can never get back. Um, If you are not using it wisely and you're letting other people take advantage of your time. That's something that down the road, I think most people are going to, um, you know, going to regret. And I think uh, a lot of CEOs and people in, 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 these type of roles, I think they're very good at managing their time. So that's definitely, I think something they can use to their advantage. Um, you know, I, I was just thinking when you were talking uh, about the pet, um, how many times have we seen that picture of like a family of like four or five people or a group of people, right? They're all sitting together, but no one's talking to the other and they're all on their phone. Yeah.
1: Every time and, you go to a restaurant. <laughs>
0: yeah. And we've all been COVID, in that situation. Like, yeah. We've all been in that situation. We've all done that, but w- uh, it's still every, and, and when you're in it, you almost don't notice it. But every time you look from the outside, it, it's, it almost looks, just dist- feels stupid. wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing with one another. Like you can do this at home, you know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's weird, man. It's just, every time I see it, there's, I, I just have a bad feeling within me, you know?
1: Yeah. Especially the couple out at dinner or something, you know, and it's just the whole meal face down. And I'm sure I'm guilty of being there at one point, but when, especially when you're on the light phone, it's so obvious. Um, I mean, you go to the bar and you're like, man, everyone who doesn't, isn't here with someone is on their phone. And, you know, as a light phone user, if let's say you're with five people and they all start to go on your phone, you're kind of SOL, you know, you're like, (laughs) 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 I don't have a phone to go into. Uh, uh, so it's, you know, those are the interesting moments. Uh, but I know what you mean about the dystopian image. It's really so crazy.
0: (laughs) And, and, you know, even, and and not and not that necessi- necessarily this is good or this is bad, but I think there is also this human connection, like human physical connection. You know, I, I you know I'm in my 30s. When I grew up, we didn't have phones, and when you wanted to talk to, you know, when you wanted to talk to a woman, you would have to muster all that bravery that you had within you and go to the other side of the bar or the room and and try to you know strike up a conversation and. Nine times out of 10, it didn't go your way, but that's just, that's how it was. And now, you know, there's all these apps and I've personally never used any of them, but I have friends in their, in their twenties and even in their thirties that are, that are single. It's a complete, it, it completely changed the game of how we deal with, you know, with opposite sex or deal with our partners, whoever they, whoever they are. So this, all these things have just happened in such a short span of time. The way we interact with each other just in the last 10, 15 years, they've completely changed. Oh, yeah.
1: And, I mean, I start to put myself into kids' shoes, you know, even one step further. When I was a kid, kid, and you had to call the girl's house. You knew who was going to answer. The dad answers the phone, and you have to ask if she's there, and you know he's going to say, who's Joe? Yeah. Uh, You know, (laughs) like, they don't have to deal with that. But, you know, all of the high school interactions from, like, I don't know, having these, these metrics for kids. I mean, that's gotta be detrimental to their self-esteem, you know, Instagram, you know, obviously there was always cool kids and not cool kids. And I definitely fell on the latter spectrum. Uh, but you know, there wasn't a number to tell me how not cool I was. Yeah. It was just kind of like, you know, kids like, you know, society did its own thing, but now it's like bullying over the internet has I've read some things about how detrimental that can be to empathy and stuff like that. You know, if you bully someone in real life, you see the reaction and it actually doesn't feel good. You know, Most people tend to be like, Oh, I've, you know, that felt bad to see someone get hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, But over the internet, you lose that. And so, you know, from that to like dating, as you mentioned, like, you know, even getting a job, like I came from a freelance art background and, we had portfolios, you know, and portfolio websites, but now it's like, oh, you only have a thousand Instagram followers. You must not be a very good artist. You know, this girl's got 70,000. She must, you know, be worth way more money when, you know, maybe that's true, but I would just say, you know, there's so many other factors to so, making you a qualified artist or designer for a job. Uh, but,
0: you know, it's just changed the the entire gamut. Yeah, I've, I've actually had a few people on, on the podcast, actors, um, you know, models, etc., and, and they do say like, you know, the, the casting director, whoever, they look at not only your abilities, but what social media account do you have and how many followers do you have? And, you know, I, I saw this uh, documentary, I forget the name, I think it was like last year I saw it and there were all these people who were trying to be influencers, young, young kids, like 14, 12, 16, like teenagers. And they were investing so much of their time and money to be an influencer. When influencer is just it's 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 completely vapid. There's nothing there. I mean, you're not actually a something. You're not a engineer or a designer or an artist. There's no actual skill. I mean, not that it's easy to build quote unquote a brand on social media, but you're basically, you're just being famous for the sake of being famous. Right. And their parents are really backing them up because now they, they, they see the potential for a business there. And it's crazy. You'll see these kids and, 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 this and, and mostly the girls like 14, 15, and they, you know, they have photographers, professional ones, and they're taking pictures of them. And these girls on social media don't look like they're 14, 15, you know, they look like in their twenties and just, again like the whole thing just felt wrong and 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 for the parents to support that not that I'm some conservative but it just it just seems like <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. seem like the right way for a kid to grow up you know like let you know, and i'm not saying like go outside and play like we used to do back in the day but just trying to build your self esteem based on likes and comments doesn't seem like the most doesn't seem like the best way to raise a kid.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, you're you're so susceptible to the ebbs and flows of what other people think. It's like yeah. you probably missed the opportunity to hear your own head, what you want to do. And maybe, you know, you do want to be a you know, a scientist and you have no interest in a public facing thing, but you get wrapped up in that. I mean, yeah, I can only can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely a sad thought. And the fact that the parents support it, I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> what well, can you say? Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, kind of a couple last questions. Um, where do you guys see or where do you see the Light Phone in, let's say, five years from now? I mean, I guess what we've
1: tried to build is Light as a brand. And um, the phone we've always kind of seen as our first product but it's fun to imagine how we could take similar kind of design lens that designed to be used as little as possible, or at least as intentionally and respectfully as possible and apply that to other products, um, you know, to varying degrees of technology. Um, but I think where I'm kind of hyper-focused and interested in is seeing how we can take the light phone to, you know, this device we spent the last two years building, um, and through software updates, see how we can really give it, you know, the best of its own life. I think it's really still feels like the beginning um, yeah. of the iPhone 2. We started shipping it in September. Um, we're just now starting to get some of the tools rolling out. And I think, you know, as we get more functionality in there and more users and, you know, we kind of grow in this grassroots way. I'd love to see it as like something that, was a viable option where you could go into a T-mobile store when you're getting your next smartphone and you know either get a light phone in addition to it or maybe as a replacement of um, and I think you know we'd just love to see it as an alternative um, that was you know more widely embraced like right now we just really struggle with scale and getting all the various carriers to support the phone and all those kind of you know bureaucratic annoyances but we're trucking through those. Want to get some cool software out, but I think you know it's just fun to imagine what a company that's not based its business model on advertising and stealing your time. What kind of cool things we can create with how far technology's come? Because um, we, we we're not anti-technology. I think that's something that people tend to like try to label us as at Lightphone is like, oh, the anti-tech guys, and it's like, yeah, sure, I have my. A fair share of criticism for days of the direction of technology, but like there's undeniable value in technology. From the fact that you know, if Kickstarter and Indiegogo didn't exist, the Light Phone wouldn't exist. Yeah, you know, we used the power of the internet as two guys sitting in my Brooklyn kitchen when we pushed that launch campaign button. You know, to to bring a product to life, and that didn't happen 15 years ago uh, before those platforms. So you know, we understand the internet is so powerful and. And you know what's happening right 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 now with the kind of black lives matters movement and kind of almost hijacking the social media to be more around a, a public good than like you know my own ego rub about my how good my lunch was or something um you know all my selfies I post <laughs> yeah uh so uh you know. It's, it's inspiring to see how, like, I think, you know, those things seem sort of distant, but it, it, they actually seem more related. And like, how can technology, you know, be used in these smarter ways that have like positive impacts for the world? Like genuine ones, not just like, you know, now there's an app for that. Like, but like, you know, <laughs> reform happening on large scale systems to like, you know, me being able to wake up on a Saturday and not just be an anxious mess. Uh, Yeah, you know, going from app to app to app and feeling like uh, I have no friends because, you know, everyone else is doing all these cool things and I'm just alone. But really, you know, (laughs) everyone is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're all alone, but we're all connected. I I mean, I 100% agree with you. I think tech and, you know, I was kind of like shitting on tech earlier, but that's not what I want to say. Like, I, I love tech. I think tech is helped us tremendously in the last, you know, 100, 200 years, especially in the last 20 years, Um, you know, it, it evolved us tremendously, but it, it's just like, it's just like anything, it can go bad, you know, with, with all these technologies, like facial recognition and AI, like it can go array and, and it can just be used in different, in different ways that are, are not going to, Help humanity in 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 the long run, I think. So I think as long as we use it wisely, um, and that's a bit subjective, I know. But as long as we use it wisely, I think it could be huge, hugely beneficial for uh, for everyone. Um, it's kind, of, it's just like water, right? Like everyone needs water, but if I'm drinking ten gallons a day, I'll probably suffocate. You know, my lungs will, will drown. So it's just, you have to find that that moderation of how to use it without. Um, yeah, without just, you know, adverse effects. Yeah. And
1: I think, you know, the, the the reason the technology got so out of hand is that it wasn't obvious, like, you know, they weren't telling us the business models. They weren't making it really clear from the get-go, like, you know, you're actually the product that we sell to our real customers who are yeah. the advertisers. Um, uh, so, you know, I think that kind of allowed us to, like, in this really gullible and expecting everything for free without reading the huge terms and conditions. So I think, you know, as people get more aware of these things, hopefully we'll be more critical as new tech comes out. Like, how is this being used? How is this, what is the potential for, you know, backlash? And what always blows my mind is just how little of a price point they actually put on our time, you know, like, the amount of money Facebook makes on us per hour is not anything, you know, it's it's so much less than like we would actually value our own time. And I think that's always kind of a funny wake up call. It's a, a fluctuating <clears throat> number depending on, you know, how much, but I think at one point it was like $10 a year was how much Facebook made off of a user. And it's like, you know, $10 for all that time. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you were working at any job, minimum wage, you'd be, making so much more money than that so yeah. <laughs> you know it's just kind of like how much value do you put on your time um and you know i guess i've always respected things that have like an ad free option even if it costs money i think it's a, it's an honest or at least a more honest transaction so it's interesting to imagine like what would a social media platform of the future uh, potentially look like that wasn't just around you know keeping you hooked but actually genuinely like allowed you to tune in,
0: tune out, but I don't know, human nature, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I deleted my Facebook account eight years ago and, and initially I, I thought I wouldn't be, you know, I couldn't live without it, but after a month that was fine. And I, you know, I've never looked back. And and as far as subscription, I, I think you're seeing that go in, uh, in, um, in the podcast world, you're seeing that more and more. I know like Sam Harris, he has a subscription based, uh, podcast and he gives out like, half the episode, but if you want to get the full episode, you have to like sign up and it's $5 a month. And I'm seeing more and more podcasters go in that direction where you don't, you're not relying on ads. You're not relying on some uh, podcast company to buy your podcast. You could make money and you just organically generate your own revenue with users that feel like, you know, you give them some sort of a benefit from the podcast i mean that seems like the power of the
1: internet the people to choose the products they want to see come to life whether it's a light phone or a podcast or a book or a concert you know it's like if there's something the internet is potentially capable of doing it is that it's obviously potentially capable of dystopian nightmares too so how we how we navigate that is interesting i mean there's this one website arena um, it's called. And it's kind of like a niche, almost like Pinteresty. y They'd find that probably offensive. They're really cool <laughs> guys. Uh, like, you know, are kind of collecting and sharing thing, but I think they charge people like five bucks a month to use it. And like, you know, they're not making Facebook money, but they're able to have a team of developers to make this product that keeps getting better. And they have these users that are happy to pay that five bucks. And so there is alternative models. The problem is that like, vcs aren't going to come and throw millions of dollars at them yeah. but they are like we don't need billions of dollars of vc and i think you know uh, it will be interesting to see how the pandemic i mean not to go to money macro mm-hmm. or anything like that but how that changes things because you know a lot of the vcs turned off um when when the economy got shaky back in march so be interesting to see you know if that comes back and if it doesn't come back the same way, how that changes the future products that we see uh, hit, hit the market. I'm sure there going to be a lot more bootstrapped things where people are like reaching the customer and making their own money without requiring,
0: you know, millions and millions of, of startup injection constantly. Yeah. Well, founders are incentivized by VCs to, to, to take that route because VCs, especially in Silicon Valley, they're obsessed with, you know, unicorn companies and they want to, maximize their their investment and they want to make the x 20x 30x whatever it is on on whatever they put down so it's it's a it's difficult but i I agree that subscription i think is a game changer um and we're seeing more and more people are willing to put you know it's and again it's not a lot of money it's five or ten dollars um it's a cup of coffee so or two cups of coffee so i
1: mean we actually have uh it's an optional thing and we don't tend to like throw it in people's face but we do have a sim card offering from light directly um it's more for people who only use the light phone as their only phone but it's 30 bucks a month unlimited calls and texts, and a little bit of data for the simple tools um but for a lot of people you know they end up saving a ton of money by switching to our phone and cutting their crazy data smartphone bill um and, you know, that 30 bucks, uh, we're not making crazy amount of money off it, but it's a little bit that keeps us able to produce more tools and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we want to expand on that that service model and how can we create more value for people, you know. We have different ideas for, like, making international calls and text over Wi-Fi more possible or adding encryption and, you know, these things that people might be willing to pay a little bit more knowing that we're not just, you know, throwing their information to every company that's willing to give us a dollar. You know, we take yeah. we take that privacy seriously, but then everything starts to cost a lot of money when you can't just offset it with data collection.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Um well, I wanna thank you for your time. I know I already went over the lot of time that we agreed, but you know I'm I having had fun. A, <laughs> yeah, same, same. So you know, I want to thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I had, I had a blast talking to you and I think I learned a few things that, uh, I might not have known before. So, um, thanks so much, man. Um, where can people find you and, and the light phone? Just give us, uh, give us. The yeah. List. So, I mean, um, the light
1: L I G H T classic kind of light. Um, and then we do have all of the social medias at the light phone, Twitter and Instagram, um, you know, it's always kind of an ironic thing to plug your yeah. handles, but it's also, you know, we realize that on Instagram, on Twitter is how we'd connect with people who might be struggling with their own Definitely. habits. And fortunately, you know, once people start using the iPhone, well, maybe they don't see any of our Instagrams anymore and that's a okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, if you are, overly fed with, uh, fed up with, uh, your phone, look into the light phone. It's a great alternative. And I think we all need a little bit of a peace of mind nowadays. So, uh, yeah, man, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, maybe we can do it again in the future.
1: For sure. That'd be fun. I guess
0: maybe if I were to leave with one last sort of thing, it's like,
1: uh, I try to remind people just like, don't even buy our phone, just put your phone at home and go on a 20 minute walk and, you know, give that a shot. Uh, You know, you'd be surprised how kind of uh, how it feels both on the withdrawal and the the freedom of space. You know, there's easy ways to try it. I don't know. I just am always curious what people think when they try that. Uh, It's been a good reaction so far, but yeah, thanks for having me. I hope yeah, that was interesting.
0: No, nah, it was, it was great, man. And, uh, again, I hope we can do it again in the future for sure. All right, man. Take care.